What does a Christian do in the world? What are the things that he enjoys doing? Last week we looked at the fact that we are representatives of the Lord. We get the opportunity to go and to share the gospel. We looked specifically at the 70 that went out last week. Now tonight we come to a second section, and that is we look at God calls us to display, to share his compassion. So tonight, the title is, wouldn't be too difficult if, if you're familiar with the text, Be a Neighbor. So let's look at the text together. And behold, verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his garment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the, at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. And a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he was departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou? was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. So we look at our text tonight, and the challenge that Jesus gives is to be a neighbor. But look and see how it begins. We look and it says, There was a certain lawyer, uh, lawyer stood up, and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? We don't know for certain what the man's motivation was. It would be easy to say, well, he was just only there to try to trip up Jesus. And he might have been. It says he was there to tempt him or to test him. But the question that he asked about eternal life and the sincerity of his answer leaves me to say, I don't know exactly what his motivation was. I think sometimes it's easy to build a straw man case here. And we don't know for certain. What we do know is this. When he said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What did Jesus point this man back to? He pointed him to the law. Why did he do that? Was the point that you need to live by the law? Or was the point that the law is the schoolmaster, the law is the one that showed him, you failed. 
You can't get to heaven by your deeds. Notice how he rattles off the law so clearly. He says, what do, what do you read? What does the law say? And he said, well, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart. That would be enough to sink my ship. And with all your soul and with all your strength and with all thy mind and love thy neighbor as thyself. And what was Jesus's response? He just let the law put pressure on this man. He said, okay, go and do that and you'll live. And what do we read immediately that the man did? And the man hoping, wanting to justify himself. He knew he didn't get the law. So what did he do? He said, well, trying to justify myself. So who do I have to act this way toward? Who is my neighbor? And that's when Jesus begins with this. Really, there's two questions here. Who is my neighbor? And in verse 27, we read, what is my responsibility to this one? What is my responsibility to my neighbor? You know, it's easy to listen to what Jesus says instead of doing what he says to look for ways to justify the way that we live. So Jesus weaves this parable together. Jericho was about 17 miles from Jerusalem. It was really rough road. Uh, today, I, I stopped by to visit Mark Anderson in the hospital, and I'll, I'll give you an update on him after a little while. But my point was this. It's what? about From my house, I think it's about eight miles to get to um, the hospital down on Broadway. So it was about double that distance walking is how far that was from Jerusalem to Jericho. And I want you to notice just very briefly the condition of this neighbor. Look at verse 30. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Notice the condition of him. He fell among thieves. He was stripped of his clothing. He was naked. He was wounded. And he was alone. Now, interestingly enough, you know, we're never told this is a parable. And in fact, I believe the Jews there would have, if he just gave a story and said, now these religious people, these Jews did nothing, but a Samaritan not only helped him, but went beyond and paid. They would have said that would never happen. A Samaritan would never do that for a Jew because Jews obviously would never do it for a Samaritan. That's what leads me to believe. I believe this was something that was probably in the news of the day. This is something that probably happened and Jesus used it as an illustration using something that was happening in the community to say, you want to know who your neighbor is? Here's your neighbor. I just mentioned that as we're going through this text so that you're not just thinking hypothetical, no big deal. Otherwise, I believe they would have called him out on that. So as we, as we go ahead, notice the response that was given to the neighbor, verses 31 through 35. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. We don't know the reason why. Maybe he had been in the temple and was weary. Maybe he had had his 
service time and he was now going home. Some of us can relate to that. You know, you're just tired. And you see someone, you're going, I, boy, I hope someone stops and helps that person. For whatever reason, the scriptures don't give us the man's reasoning. The scripture just says he saw him and went to the other side and walked beyond. Then he said, there was a Levite, verse 32, and likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came, looked on him, and passed by on the other side. Now, the Levite would have been in charge of maintenance at the church, at the temple. So, again, tired, maybe needed to get home for something. You know, we would be very quick... I would be very quick. I'm not going to say that you would be as heartless as I am, okay? But it's easy to look at someone and say, well, they should have done this. They should have done that. When in reality, we always like to get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, there's a reason why. Surely, when I have a flat tire and I'm standing there and there's no one else around, surely there's a good reason why that person just drove by and didn't stop and help. Surely there's a good reason why someone doesn't stop and help that poor person that is hurting, that has fallen down, or something has happened. It's easy to say, he should have done this. He should have done that. So Jesus said, now, there was a certain Samaritan as he journeyed where he uh, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Jesus mentioned several different things of what it looks like to be a neighbor. It takes attention. You have to be paying attention to what's going on around you. And it's going to take maybe what's most valuable, and that is it's going to take time. And then it's going to take an investment. And then if we keep reading, verse 35, And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come, I will repay thee. Which of these three, thinkest thou, was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? Now remember, the initial part of the question was, what does the law, what would reflect God? How can you love your neighbor as yourself? And we notice his time, his attention, his investment. He put him into, if he put him on his own beast, we would say put him in his own car. He paid the host and he enlisted others to help. And as you look at this tonight, and as you're looking at what do Christians look like in the world? Well, one of the things, Christians just tell the truth, and they tell it in a merciful way. We're God's ambassadors. You have to think about an ambassador will never misrepresent the one that he represents. But an ambassador also is going to make sure that he handles himself in the right way. But the second thing we see 
that Jesus is presenting here is a way to care for people. And that, that's going to be a little uncomfortable because now we are stepping outside of the realm that we're most comfortable with. You know, we can only fulfill our responsibility to others when we come to grips with the first of the great commandments. And that is that we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Because when we focus on him, that allows us to go beyond our comfort zone. I've mentioned to you, last year, God did a wonderful thing for me by letting me just work as a creepy bus driver. And what I got a chance to do was, I got a chance to interact with people that often, as a pastor, I never got a chance to. And as I got a chance to talk with those people, I was seeing people who weren't, they didn't grow up like me. They didn't look like me. They didn't act like me. They didn't talk like me. But the one thing I saw as I got to interact with them every day was, those are people who need Jesus. And my response to them Many of them had ink places that I wasn't comfortable with and piercings that, I, that were inconvenient. But you know, the reality was they were just normal old people. And I had an opportunity, whether I took it each day or not, I had the opportunity to show compassion, to not prejudge them but to just care for them. And as you look at, so what are things that Christians do? Christians are ambassadors. They share the good news with people. And we, we can't force them. Remember what, last week what we looked at, remember when they would go into a place and the people would reject it? They would remind the people that no matter what decision they made, it didn't change what God said. They, they would shake the dust of that city off of them publicly as a representation to say, you need to be aware of something. There's a judgment coming. It wasn't a mean, nasty thing. If you treat me that way, you're going down. I'm going to say something bad about you. No, even their, their firm, strong statement was to remind people, whether you choose to believe it or not doesn't change what God has said. But now we see that second step, and the second step is we show compassion. We show compassion to people who are not like us. You know, it's not hard for me, if Albert needs something, for me to reach out to Albert. Why? Because Albert's like me. We're part of a group. This is us. But to step outside that is when it gets uncomfortable. And yet, that's what Christians do. If we really want to reflect what our God's like, because remember what, what our God did for us? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to, to pay our sin penalty while we were yet sinning. You see the illustration that God's giving for us? When people see us reach out and show compassion and kindness, what happens? They're seeing something of God, especially when we do it to people who we can't get something back from.
Lord willing, next week we will look at what's the third thing from this chapter that we learn about Christians? Something that they really like to do and they want to do. It's not a forced thing. And we'll come to that next week. But my question is, what will it take to be a real neighbor? To be a real neighbor, it takes compassion. To be a real neighbor, we have to see what's going on around us. And then we have to make choices. One of the songs that I enjoy is the song, Listen to the People Crying Everywhere, Groping in the Darkness with a Load of Care. Listen to the Hopeless living in despair. Is there none to help them? And the gospel share. And the chorus goes like this. O thou holy father, listen to my prayer. Heal this selfish servant from my worldly care. Help me spread the message that the world may see Jesus' love in me. Now to every creature, a proclaimer be. You know, I believe God has brought us together on purpose here in Fargo to let people see Jesus. I I can't change how people will respond. But I want to make sure every day when I go out, they get a right view of what my God is like. And I guess that's the challenge for each of us. Be a neighbor this week.